0: My name is Richard Henry, and you're listening to the COVID-19 Challenge podcast. We know that ACE2 is is key to understanding this virus, it's key to how the virus works, and it's key to what makes us sick. Um, But knowing that that hasn't yet translated into um, the medical system Providing a a well-oiled defense plan against this, and and that's surprising to me. uh, Very saddening and also a little bit scary. Um, I'm not the only one who's who's uh, come come into the understanding that this is that this is an ACE2-mediated disease, and we should be focusing all our attention on ACE2. Um, I'm not the only one, but uh, you probably won't hear much about it on uh, on the uh, mainstream media. In fact, it probably. If any of you listen, you listen to this you've probably never heard of ACE2 and will wonder why you haven't. So what kind of human um, is, ex- is expressing on ACE2 and is relying on ACE2, right? So we all have the same similar genes. So then it's, it's what genes are you using? So what phenotype human um, is not using ACE2? And just to briefly, um, if you're young, Thin, fit, and female, and probably also if you're European or so-called white, um, then you have very low dependence on your angiotensin system to to raise your blood pressure. Um, you have a very nice cardiac output, lots of perfusion in those in those um, wild-type, healthy, fat-free muscles, and so you're very seldom you well well. Um, You you drink enough fluid, you eat well, so you have very little need for this defensive uh, renal angiotensin system to come in and try and save you. We can't all be European young and female, but we can also look at some of the other things that contribute because there are the the at-risk genotypes who still don't die. So why would some old, fat, African-American men die and some African, old African-American men not die. Um, and so what if we could reduce the risk um, in, in all of us um, so that not only would very, very few of us die, but also those of us who get sick may not get quite as sick. The classic phenotype for angiotensin antigen- stress is, is recognized by a disease called metabolic syndrome. Very, very common disease for those of you who are in medicine. And basically, it's, um, a, a syndrome is just a collection of things, a collection of, of, um, of um, state of affairs um, that make up a, a disease. But it's not really a disease because we don't have a process for it yet, so it's called a syndrome. And so syndrome is basically made up of, <laughs> metabolic syndrome is made up of, of being overweight, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes. Um, so we start off with being overweight, and then that increased fat needs to be perfused. So it uh, increases aldosterone production, which then stresses the cardiovascular system endothelium, which then becomes diseased, and then also those fat cells um, are full, stuffed full, and they become resistant. They can't take any more. Any more, f- any more food, they can't take any more glucose, they can't store any more fat and so the, the membrane receptors that would normally let glucose in get dialed down and they become resistant to insulin. They do not want any more glucose and they say go away and so glucose is less left slushing around in your, in your bloodstream and the kidneys will try and get rid of it so you end up with, with glucose in your urine. So it's not actually the glucose that, that makes you sick but it's, it's, um, it's the effect of, of high glucose which we'll talk about one day. So the key to all of this is, <clears throat> is obesity um, and perfusion. And so we have, a, we have a system that's designed to keep fat alive within our body uh, and to keep it perfused. If we're not going to lose weight, what can we do in the meantime? Well, what if we could decrease the renal angiotensin system, dial it down um, so that it wasn't quite as strong, and find a blood pressure... That was um, livable, but without taking off some of the stress. So, what if we could take a find a drug that worked the same as ACE two that would come in and health health help ACE two. So, the opposite of ACE two is ACE one, and ACE one produces a, uh, um, a signal signaling uh, protein called angiotensin two, which binds to an angiotensin receptor, which then causes that cell to raise the blood pressure. So, if you want to, blo- you can either block ACE the enzyme itself and we have ACE, uh, ACE inhibitors and we also have angiotensin 2 receptor blockers and so these drugs actually become the mainstay of treatment of in, in metabolic syndrome and they, they work relatively well compared to the other drugs that work on the sympathetic nervous system that we were originally were invented in say the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so we know that angiotensin receptor blockers um, are, are, do work fairly well in metabolic syndrome Um, they certainly don't stop strokes and heart attacks otherwise we wouldn't have any in the world and those units in the hospital would be empty but uh, when you look at some of the early results done with people who were on angiotensin receptor blockers who developed covid uh, compared to similar humans with the same phenotypic features um, who weren't on angiotensin receptor blockers those on the blockers had 60 percent better survival rate than those who weren't and so these drugs really do help um, quite significantly unfortunately they've what's been written in, in the literature is to pa- patients who on them should stay on them but we haven't made the, the, the transfer yet to say maybe everyone should be put on them at the beginning of the disease uh, in order to try and get some of those benefits so we're at the stage of don't take someone off them leave them on it but we haven't crossed over yet. Equally angi- and aldosterone receptor blockers, which are working further downstream, the one that everyone, everyone in medicine knows is called spironolactone. So that blocks the aldosterone effect, which is in fact causing those target cells to make the apparatus. For stress, so spironolactone um, works really well uh, in in treating metabolic in metabolic sy- uh, syndrome, but unfortunately it's only used very late. So when people are sort of late end stage metabolic syndrome and are you know within a year or two or three or four of dying, then spironolactone often gets added. Um, for some reason, it gets added late. Um, so aldosterone so is blocking aldosterone, which is trying to retain sodium and water. It's blocking that effect so it gets you to release the extra sodium water. Spironolactone is thought of as being a diuretic when it really is not a diuretic. Uh, it's just an anti-anti-diuretic. Um, so it has a diuretic effect um, by blocking aldosterone. So let's back up a bit. For we, uh, while we're in this crisis, there are potentially a hold... Um, slew of different drugs that work on the angiotensin system that could well be used right away um, s- starting tomorrow um, and you use quite safely by physicians who know them really well to try and block this aldosterone mediated uh, cytokine crisis cytokine storm but in fact if we back up even further the trick is to be that skinny, fit, muscular young person um, and so Who's not making very much aldosterone at all? So to do that, the key one changeable thing is to decrease weight, particularly visceral fat, and to convert, get the, muscle, the fat in your muscles where your muscles are to get the fat out of that. So you want to go from being a a, um, a um, overweight or obese person with a big with a big fat tummy um, to getting that, that, that fat to actually be metabolized used up and those cells to shrink. We also want to increase exercise and movement on a daily hourly basis. so every time you jump up and move versus use the clicker for the TV when you jump up and move you increase uh, muscle activity, increase cardiac output, increase blood flow, increase pressure for a bit and that perfuses everything um, using your sympathetic nervous system. And not your aldosterone system, uh, and so being being again being a wild type human and moving all the time is is going to uh, induce use of the of the much safer blood pressure control mechanism. And then, of course, you want lean muscle that is that is well capillarized or well perfused, and to do that, you need to do exercise. Right? You need both muscle bulk, but most of all muscle flow. So that's when you want to be fit, where you can actually. Um, um, because blood vessels will, be, will infiltrate muscle as much as muscle needs it. And so nature is continually slowing down things. So if you don't use the muscle, if you don't u- use it to exercise much, you'll actually get fewer and fewer blood vessels running through, through that muscle. And in fact, it'll become a storage site for fat, which then is poorly perfused in itself. And so that's going to try and increase. Rather than getting blood vessels to increase through the fat, it just increases pressure. Um, to, to, to a large extent, much more so than say um, lean muscle does. The other important thing is to make sure you do get enough so- sodium in your diet and water. And so you can, you can play with that and become very scientific and treat yourself as a lab rat or you can just eat natural food and drink water. Um, as those foods have evolved with us and we've evolved with them. So just eating fruits and vegetables and drinking uh, normal, fresh, healthy water. In the event of being sick, you know one of the old tried and tested uh, grandma uh, foods is chicken soup, right, which is going to be high in salt uh, to make it taste nice, and uh, a lot of other very 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 effective amino acids um, and, and, and fluid. and so chicken soup is actually really quite scientific. <coughs> um, so we've talked about blood pressure medications, the AR blockers. Uh, their, their, their drug name ends in Sartan, so they're called the Sartans. We've got the spironolactone and a plerinone, which will block aldosterone receptors directly, um, and so, uh, which are unfortunately saved for end-stage disease. So very few people are on them and, and they are very sick. But if you turn that around, the fact that really, really sick people can tolerate spironolactone um, means that it's a pretty safe drug. So giving it to somebody who is in a in a, a sick state uh, you know, is quite ill. Um, with physicians who are quite used to the drug and, and the and the effects of and quite used to understanding the effects of the drug, um, wouldn't be um, um, uh, too far of a fetched um, um, thing to happen. And, and I'm very really distressed that we're not using aldosterone um, receptor blockers or MR blockers uh, spironolactone in in this syndrome, in this uh, disease. If I had high blood pressure, other than exercising, losing weight, uh, trying to do it naturally, if I had to pick a pharmaceutical, I would use epleronone, which is the same as spironolactone, it's a um, aldosterone blocker, but it doesn't block the, el- the testosterone effect um, so that I wouldn't become feminized. It maintains its stealth during reproduction and it escapes unharmed. The fact that humans are harmed uh, is not really part of the of the viral survival mechanism and so what we're finding is that phenotypically altered humans and i call them domesticated humans those who those of us who have a sedentary lifestyle who eat three or four times a day uh, at uh, room temperature never changes and on and on and on uh we we, we're overweight unfit um, um overfed that those phenotypic humans which we call basically metabolic syndrome Um, have had to increase their ACE2 expression in order to protect themselves and try and prolong their life. Um, And the virus then can use that ACE2 to enter the cell, no big deal. But it's when the ACE2 is now depleted and that, that domesticated human is left acutely with an inflammatory reaction to the virus on top of the inflammatory reaction to acute ACE2 depletion that this summates into an illness that is catastrophic. I don't need to describe the illness because we are all a year into this pandemic and all of us know or have heard of somebody who have read or watched on TV what this illness is. But in fact, it's just um, endothelial mediated cytokine storm disease, which both causes endothelial dysfunction and leakiness, as well as endothelial hyperfunction and increased coagulability and, and, and therefore clots and strokes and bleeding. So, um, I don't think this virus is going to go away, ever. Um, I think it's going to be impossible to eradicate this virus now that it's, it's become part of uh, life on earth and um, humans are going to have to adapt to it. But really what you want to do is adapt yourself so that your risk of dying and getting sick is really quite minimal. So you want to go back to being a wild type human. So... That means we got to be thin, fit, and active, and out living in nature. So it's possible that this virus has come along to challenge our city-based, domesticated-based uh, life, where we we sit around in climate-controlled environments, hardly ever move, drive to work, elevator up up to the building and back and forwards, and are never short of food, never never hungry, and um, and don't really exercise. So um, on a big picture scale we know that viruses come along and, um, and uh, challenge the herd to be healthy and will knock off the weak and it's possible that the domesticated hu- domesticated humans uh, in, in, in terms of nature are considered weak and are now susceptible to this virus. So are we going to try and maintain our weakness and survive this virus in our weakened state or are we going to have to just Come to terms that nature is actually the boss, and that for us to um, survive, we're going to have to look at who survives and try and be like them. We can do this with scientific knowledge, but really it doesn't take much. You know, grandma knew that chicken soup made you feel better. And uh, you look around and and it's very quick. I've asked my colleagues who work in ICU, what kind of humans are lying in those beds? And the answer comes back every time. It's the older men and they're all overweight. Humans have sort of migrated in from a wild type life into a a city life and uh, we're making some big mistakes and maybe this virus has come to show us those mistakes and it's not done intentionally it just is so a lot of evolution and biology just is and uh, if those that those biological systems that are successful survive and those that aren't die um, it, it just is what it is